Still no webcam, huh? Like treadmills, good luck finding one. Everything's back ordered on Amazon. Still, well, no, it's uh, they know that they've got a rare item, so everything's twice the price. Oh, because everybody wants one, not because they can't. Mm-hmm. I see. And you refuse to pay out the wazoo. That's right. My wazoo is not for paying. <laughs> Jim's wazoo is stingy. It's is that tight, a st- it's t- tight with Isn't the that a Frank Zappa album, the Stingy Wazoo. It is. It's Sounds one right. of his earlier ones. <laughs> it's it's from his blue year. <laughs> Welcome to Nerdburger! Episode 386. It's a podcast. With a guy and a guy and a guy without a webcam. Not that anybody cares. <laughs> Look, no webcam. It's well, we're, we're months into the land of Zoom, and how this person has no webcam yet. Y'all are hoarding webcams. <laughs> so <you're, laughs> apparently, this person doesn't use a webcam for the Zoom calls at work either. I use my iPad for that. You can't use your iPad for this? I suppose I could. You want me to go? I'll go get it right now. No, no, no. Okay, I'll do it. No. I'll so do it. <laughs> Maybe you picked, a, do you it. picked a fight over a webcam, Mike. We'll save and, it. And Jim is not going to back down. We'll save it for next time in case right. you still don't have a real webcam by then. I'm, I'm Craig. I'm Mike, and that's... In the Jim. year of our Lord, 1506... We set sail Welcome back, Jim. Thank you. We oh, thank you, Craig. You're a polite and gracious host, not a douchebag. <laughs> uh, what? Did somebody say my name? <laughs> Come in. That was, that was, I was just hi and, and hello to you, Mike. It's a great pleasure to be back in both your companies. I got your, yeah, that, uh, I got your song working finally. You did. It's nice. It's a Corsairs even. Mike's got douchebag <laughs> on his, Mike's got douchebag on his business card. Got it tattooed on my butt. Of course you did. <laughs> Speaking of butts, um, <laughs> before the before the we started recording here, um, we got talking about like and the the origin of the story is is not necessary, but basically Jim doesn't want to pay out the wazoo um, for something, and we started uh, thinking about the word wazoo. So I did a little digging real quick. The word wazoo um, is, and I never really gave it thought, but I guess yeah, it's slang for the the anus oh it is okay for the, for the butthole up the wazoo out the wazoo um the etymology of it is unknown there's no uh for sure reason uh where you know what how the word evolved um it only traces back to the 1960s from the looks of things um it may have come from the louisiana creole term razoo which is for raspberry hmm. you know they just picked something with zoo at the end of it that was a two-syllable word i don't know the hemorrhoids um, look like raspberries <laughs> um but it's uh yeah wazoo is it uh is it a va- is it a viable scrabble word it is <laughs> it's in the scrabble dictionary oh boy well so hey hey a w and a z that's big money on a right triple on a triple letter score yeah. that could be a good one 
That's good money. And then you drop that down and you bam, wazoo. And they're like, use it in a sentence. And you're like, absolutely. (laughs) What's the definition? It's your butthole. Look it up in the, in the Scrabble dictionary. It's right there. Triple letter score. Um, and, uh, one of you asked, is there a, no, you didn't ask. I, I, I posited to myself that W I saw it. I saw, I saw it spelled W A Z U. And I wondered, I wonder if there's a radio station. Yeah. You didn't um, mention that to either of us. Yeah. And there is a W A Z U, which is a non-commercial radio station in Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> so I'd love to hear their promos. <laughs> do they have, do they have fun with them? I, I'm doing that till hell won't have it. Until something, you know, talking about something is up the wazoo or out the wazoo, or we've we've got music up the wazoo, you know. We've got, you know, great hits of the 70s up the wazoo. There you go. Or out the wazoo. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like we've got lawyers. There's a line here from a TV show. We've got lawyers up the wazoo. And I'm like, okay, now think about that. There's so many lawyers in this room. That the only way there could be more lawyers is if some of them were inside of me. And there's two ways in. (laughs) Effectively. Ears don't count. There's your mouth nose, and then there's the wazoo. But you don't have, you know, there's got lawyers coming out the coming out my nose hole. What? That's (laughs) that just doesn't yeah, right. Yeah, that's just not as interesting. But there you go. A little bit about Wazoo. Don't know where, where it came from, will you? Uh, really? It is a Scrabble word. And you can listen to w, uh, W-A-Z-U, the Wazoo. 90.7 <laughs> FM. Go. I'm trying In to play Peoria, it right. Illinois. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to play it right now, and I have been for the last two minutes, but it still says buffering. <laughs> Great. Good job, Peoria. Um, so there you go. Hey, Jim. How's everything hey. with you? It's a... Uh... It's good. It's a, it's it's good. We've made it to August. Um, government government remains strange, given everything that's going on, as as you might imagine. We're we're still trying to balance the. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be on a panel for the State Bar of Wisconsin. I think talking about how do you conduct open meetings in a time when you can only fit so many people into a room. Well, you put them up the wazoo. This is that's, the that's, State that's, Bar. That's, it's lawyers up the wazoo. All right. Uh, they have Ernest, experience you're gonna with have that. To, you're going to have to fit at least 15 of these people in your wazoo. Yeah, no. That's, Law- that's, that's, Lawyer wazoos all around. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, you keep doing that to me. Because the way I know that, as I shared with you before the show, was uh, from Frank Zappa's album. And uh, in, his, in his wonderful song, uh, Cosmic Debris, he has he has this line with the oil of Aphrodite and the dust of the Grand Wazoo, and um, and that led that has led me to well, gosh, probably thirty years of speculating who who exactly was the Grand Wazoo. I never, well, it, never never saw Frank address it. It feels like the Grand Wazoo is like the head of some small town like business owners association. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So. So we're we're to imagine that it's the end of the year banquet in Poughkeepsie, yeah, and uh, in Peoria, in Peoria, in Peoria, Peoria, because that is Wazoo, yeah, and uh, and and so yeah, so all of a sudden the, uh, the 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 master of ceremonies stands up and says, "Well, this year we're proud to thank 
Ernest Schonstein as the Rotarian of the Year. Jacqueline Jacqueline Buffer as the Lions Club Best Lion of the the Lioness of the Year. We all all clap, clap. And finally, before we all get back to our rubber chicken and stale potatoes, (laughs) we want to remember that LeVar Harrington is this year's Grand Wazoo. And then he gets, a me- he gets a medal that gets left on his casket when he dies. Yeah, and he goes up there and he gives a little speech and he's drunk off his ass. Yes, that's... <laughs> I'd like yeah. to thank you for this great honor. I've wanted... My father <clears throat> was the Grand Wazoo back in 1968. Yeah. <laughs> when the hey, Wazoo scene- word was invented. It's that, it's, that, it's that scene from Fletch where he suddenly gives the... Where he gives the comment, where he gives the honorific speech in the middle of the spotlight when he's running for Lacoste. He gets up there. He's like an angry drunk. I got a bone to pick with a few of you. There you go. Yeah, and now he just that starts he's the going Grand off. Wazoo and nobody can mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows he's going to mic drop at the end of his term. Right. Like he's not. He's going to burn every bridge he has. Because I'm going to tell all you what I think of you all over Wazoo. <laughs> and then at the end, he's going to tell him, and you can stick that. <laughs> and is then that he falls, is that he falls over drunk before he can actually finish the joke <laughs> <laughs> just passes out I hope it works that way <laughs> I truly do wow Labar's a jerk <laughs> he was Man. so nice when he joined the organization who, who knew he was holding that kind of rage way down inside <laughs> give somebody a little power that's well <laughs> He got corrupted absolutely. <laughs> ah, ah. That that's that's that. Wow, yeah, that's that piece of you know. I I work in a I'd say a mid sized city. I think we're the twentieth largest in the country now. But when you read and I well shoot, I've covered. It's always local government. Well, that's what makes Parks and Rec work, right? We know right. that the one thing that you lose in local government. When you get into a bigger government like mine, I think there's 5,000 city employees now in the city, Milwaukee, you get a buffer, you get some cartilage in between bone and bone. But when you're in a smaller town, that's just not there. And sometimes they rub right up against each other. Yeah, everybody's all up in each other's business. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, every, and everybody's related to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, good. whenever they're talking about people, they sound like my grandpa. <laughs> talking about, you know, the Hartway girl married. Uh... Yep. Joe Steverson from Up Poundway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's, no, 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 it's... no, not Joe Junior. Joe Senior when he got remarried. No, oh. no, Joe Ju- Joe Junior was in the Navy. I thought he was down at Great Lakes. That's like my grand. That's what exactly what my grandpa was like for everybody in three counties. He knew everybody. You, of course, look, I, I, this story. I was going. I've spoken to you of Uncle Bruno. Yes, my great uncle. And I don't think I told the story about how I found his house the first time. <laughs> now, I, I had driven, been driven up there to County Double E, right behind the Sandalwood Country Club, whatever it's called these days. <laughs> but but yeah. I had got, I got it into my head that my best friends and I, my two best buddies in the whole wide world, I was going to rent a car. I didn't even own a car back then. We were going to rent a car and drive up and camp on on the land my family owned right across from Bruno and we were going to see him and he's you know we were going to go see him and check it out and all that stuff I drove up there 
And I got to Abrams, where he's from. But I realized at that point, I had no clear idea where he was. I <laughs> thought I could do it on memory, and I couldn't. There's This is before, you know, no, I didn't have a phone that I could carry with me. This is years and years ago. So I go into Abrams, which is, as Craig, you know very well, one of those many towns in northern Wisconsin that's a, a bar and a stoplight. And I pull into the one bar. Now, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm guessing. I walk into the bar, and it's a scene out of the Old West. <laughs> I'm wearing Spurs, a, chaps. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Hawaiian shirt. And um, and my my uh milit my BDUs my my army surplus long pants, Hawaiian shirt, Ray Bans, and a uh, and and my camel pants, and that place goes near dead silent. Sure. <laughs> Except for like one old guy sitting at a table in the corner playing poker with some other old guys somebody, who spits in the spittoon. Was somebody playing piano and the piano just abruptly stopped? <laughs> It'd be even better if suddenly the jukebox scratched. Yeah. Scratch. So I walk in and I'm going. The tumbleweed blows I, I, past. I, I, I was at my initial. My thought was, oh, my God, I walked into a movie trope. Well done. But I said, OK, hey, I'm here looking for my great uncle's house. And they went and the bartender says. What's his name, son? And I went, Bruno Zeb. The entire room brightened. And one guy goes, oh, God, Bruno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what you do, and he starts giving me directions. Okay? See, now, yeah, and it's now not, you're and okay. You're not and you're not turning by streets. Or no. Road. You're turning by landmarks. Yes. No, no, no. You no go down by that big jack pine. Jim just... <laughs> Wait, no, no, Jim just went from being that 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 crazy, goofy, hippie, whatever, city city boy that wandered in to being family. He's of course. Family. As soon as, as, soon like, as he said he's Bruno. The, he's the curious cousin. He's the, like the oddball cousin yes. at this point. Yeah, now. exactly. I'm, I'm no one that has to be expelled, but I'm no one that's yet to be trusted. <laughs> and yeah, he, you're, you're absolutely right, Craig. He's given me the, all right, you go down to the stoplight and you turn left and you go up to Vernie's place. <laughs> and you take is, right there, is there a sign for that does it this big sign out out front that says Bernie's is this place? like a bed and breakfast that says Bernie yeah <laughs> yeah no 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 and so I, I, he could see in my face that I was getting none of this mm -hmm. so so he takes and and I don't know if you'll know what this is Mike but well yeah you've probably seen these Craig those dime tappers sure he's got the dime tapper on the bar he hammers that and <laughs> And goes, okay, follow me. I was gonna say, did he take you there? Yep. Wow. Yep. I was like, that was I was I was I was ready to say, like, whatever the nice thing they did to help you was, my my next my line was gonna be, and the only way to be more small town friendly was if they literally drove you or led you there. And they and that's exactly they what right he did. To that. He got in his car and led you to the place. What oh man, that is small town. Oh yeah. That's so and, great. And now, just so you know, I'm in this <laughs> rent-a-car. And Craig, you've been up there. These are not wide highways. No. <laughs> this is 30 feet white line to white line and culvert on either side. <laughs> so you fail, you're done. That's and how that's how the roads are here. 
but okay. they, they do that because dude, they don't it, have snow to plow off to the well, sides. There you go. I don't know what and, the hell they're the doing thing. with the snow up there. They do, and a lot of it. <laughs> he is going, I'm not kidding, 80 miles an hour. <laughs> he is, and I'm, I'm keeping up. Finally, I'm like, oh my God, now I do recognize this. He gets right across from Bruno's, pulls into Bruno's yard, back, does a Y turn, heads back, goes, that's him. You boys take care. <laughs> And he and went back to the bar and he had and got headed hammered. back to the to the Tally Ho Tavern, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I that's love I, no, no, and that's and never doubt, never doubt. There's a real beauty to those folks. They're 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 we make fun, we tease, but they're their own way, and they're not sorry. No, not at all. That is so, man. I, I felt like I was home for a while, like where I grew up. Like that, that really felt like. <laughs> Go visit Abrams, Wisconsin today, and. See, Wisconsin's most improved 18-hole public golf course. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> most improved. Jeez. I still love that. I got their, I got their I'm menu I'm say here. the same thing now as I said when you first read that. Who decides that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, uh, yeah, there's no uh, citation. Right. <laughs> it's like when I got my patch at South Shore Lanes, 10 pins over average i could produce records i had receipts yeah but when you're in that kind of an environment who's who's calling you out right like right. who's gonna who's gonna pick a fight with you on that <sighs> that's 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 just part and parcel to living um, in that kind of a world too wow yeah you know who golf advisor that's who they said uh well yeah this golfadvisor.com yes is we were back in golfadvisor.com. <laughs> we were back in, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Golf advisor. Okay. Somebody with some clout. Yeah. Some, okay. Her, that's, that's a they, receipt. They I gave them, receipt. they gave themselves a well, I'm five, not... five T rating. Got a five T or five. Oh, well, five iron rating, right? Oh, there you go. One iron, two iron, three iron, four iron, five iron rating. Well, I don't know. The list I found is from 2018 and I don't, see it on there but okay. uh that might be what they're referencing i will have to dig deeper into this and report next time whether or not that's actually true Got it. <laughs> but i i googled most improved 18 hole public golf course and that's what came up all right then well done so we what's its name now it is now called the patriot golf club the, i knew it was something patriotic Okay, the but Patriot it is, golf. That's it is about still on Sandalwood Road. Yeah, I was going to say, you put it right in the name. My goodness. <laughs> Maybe that's what improved it. <laughs> Sandalwood wasn't getting it done. <laughs> Sandalwood, that sounds more, like some sort of hippie name. This golf club has more American flags on display per acre than any other golf club doesn't in the me. U.S. Nope. Living up have, to their I, name. I have walked the grounds. I can't say I've ever swung a club, but I have walked the grounds of the Patriot Golf Course. I don't think I've ever been on a golf course. I had a, I had a girlfriend once whose dad, whose dad, the only way he would deal with you is on a golf course. I told him that was a bad idea. <laughs> I said, I'll drive the car, light your cigar, and get you bourbon, but you want me to golf? Okay. <laughs> How much time you got? Yes, it's like he. Well, no. We, we, Say, how long does it normally take you to do a round? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting you build in a factor of ten. 
How much walking through the woods do you normally do when you golf? <laughs> yeah, what tick? Are there ticks here? <laughs> How many mulligans do you allow? <laughs> <laughs> and can I take them before I swing a club? And I also I'm going to need 18 sleeves of balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, because 17 are going to end up in water. He, you know, he was one of these for real golfer guys. You know, these guys that keep score, which <laughs> sure. Like, okay. If that's your thing, I don't judge other people, their hobbies, but you know, he was into this. And this was the course I was told later where Michael Jordan typically played. This was not a cheap place and it didn't feel cheap. Don't get me wrong. I actually went out and bought some clothes for the occasion. We're but... not, we're not talking about Abrams anymore, right? No, okay. no, this is Northern yeah, Illinois. Michael Jordan drove up to Northeastern Wisconsin. <laughs> Play the Patriot. Best golf course in the country. Well, the most improved anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even Aaron Hills, which actually is a very well, and Whistling Straits. We actually do have two world-class golf courses in Wisconsin now, but yeah, yeah but... Uh, the Patriot is not one of them, despite my great fondness, therefore. Yeah, the one by the lake and the Catholic one. That's, the, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's, I had never heard it referred to that way, but I know exactly what you mean. I just made it up now. Well done. Well done. You have, you have achieved the goal of all communication. Oh. News? News? What's news, go, Craig? Go ahead, with, go ahead with, with your death news. Oh, okay. I know you want to. Because I know you want to say the word. Say the word? Yeah, there's a word you really you're itching to say. I know. Dead. That word? No. As of We know we both know what it is. Stop it. Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You want to hear this one. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Are they going to re-record that with him saying, hello, I was Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm Boo. Sorry. I'm Boo. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't been aware of this until I found the uh, email chain that you guys had going on earlier this week, last night. I was standing in my kitchen doing the dishes thinking, huh, I got a show tomorrow with Jim, and I don't know what we're talking about. How come I didn't get an email? Is something wrong? And I went and I looked, and no, sure enough, there was the email Monday, and the response Monday, and I just missed it. And I thought, oh no, Wilford Brimley died. <laughs> so, so did did he actually pass away, or did he perhaps get like was he swimming in the pool and got picked up by aliens? I hope that's true. I want that to be what happened. Well, the 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 interwebs with say Steve that Gutenberg looking on that he had uh, he had kidney disease and died from yeah. that. Well, come on. He was, he was, you know, 85, 85 years old too. One often dies of being 85. Yep. No, he, he is one of those guys that has an amazing story ever, even long before he took a walk on the screen. I mean, he, let's see, he drops out of high school and goes to work as a freaking cowboy. <laughs> He joins the Marines, serves in Korea. He's then a bodyguard for Howard Hughes. <laughs> you know, wow. what was that? That must like? have been a trip. I'm telling you. 
I'm, can you imagine what is that being like? around what, as eccentric and weird as Howard Hughes was in public? Imagine being the person privy to him in private. Right. Whoa. And, and everything I ever saw. All of his now, weirdness. Yeah. And Brimley was always a little bit on the outs with um, with Hollywood because he was a conservative. Now, he wasn't, you know, a, you know he was a, he was what we call an old sagebrush conservative. One of these, you know, take care of yourself, take care of those you love and government stay the hell away from me. You know, one of those types like those guys sure. in that bar in Abrams. There, there, that's not too far wrong. He likely. certainly would have gotten on with them. And, you know, so he was always a little on the outs. But can you imagine being that straight, kind of straight-laced and strict and all this other stuff? And you're, like Craig said, you're dealing with Mr. Wears Kleenex boxes for shoes? It saves his urine in jars? Gah! Uh, <laughs> Mr. Hughes, I, I don't recommend that. <laughs> And the the only reason he Wilford got into- Brim, Wilford Brimley trudging into work, I'm on urine duty again. <laughs> <laughs> Still won't let me clip his fingernails. And the only reason gotta he put gets him in, in the little box. <laughs> the only reason he gets into film is is Robert Duvall, who was a lifelong friend. Wow. You know, so it's no, I I probably my favorite. I, I love Cocoon. How do you not? And it it actually spoke early to an issue that we're coming up against. You know how we treat old people, and and how we look at old people and aging, and how we how we hide from it and all that. Great movie, but I, I would have to say my favorite is still probably The Natural. With him in it, so no, and and he never had any formal formal acting training. He was he was a performer. Well. Rest in peace, Wilford. Yeah. Yeah, Wilford Brimley. You and, your, you and your magnificent mustache. Oh, that was a very... I, I aspire to that mustache. I do. You're pretty close. From, from what I remember about your, your photo, because I can't see you right now. Yeah, no, no. Right now, if you were to see it, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's getting there. I'm thinking about taking next week off, so we may even grow it a little more. Nice. Be my first... Yeah, never mind. But the... the uh, yeah. So, okay. Have you guys covered the seeds? The, the seeds? The what? The mystery seeds? No. Uh, all over From the news. From China? Uh, yes. No, this is just uh, a, this is just some kind of like a attempted viral marketing, right? There's it turned nothing... out to be, it, I think it turned out to be There's that. There's nothing wrong with the seeds. No, they, they, but the first time they came out, my first reaction was the USDA the USDA said don't plant them well that's a that, that that's a good uh place to start not knowing anything about them <laughs> right <It's> like, <laughs> well but here's the that's, thing that's so uh, this is the the reason I approach. Up, because i agree with you completely that it, well you're, you're what you're saying is correct that it seems now that it was some weird way my wife was explaining it to me that it's actually a way that they're trying to scam the amazon review system Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, it's uh it's because they have to send the product for there's some law right. or something in China. Right. That you can't get a review without actually Having sending the product. An item. Right. And now how they would be able to prove that nobody knows, but it's China. Who it's China, so you get thrown in jail and they and, and they uh they No, they, you you lose points on the social credit system and you don't get to go to the college of your choice. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, so it's so we saw this, but I I guess I wanted to know this. I put this into a vault that I call the deck of many things, 
I think I've had this conversation with you. Uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, there's this deck mm-hmm. called the Deck of Many Things. And, and it's, it's like all good stuff and all horrible, horrible stuff. Correct. Correct. And mm-hmm. I really believe it's a Rorschach test. It's a, it's a personality test. Are you the sort of person that draws from the Deck of Many Things? Or are you the person who doesn't? Who just stays the hell away. Yeah, it is a because, good personality indicator. Oh, yeah. Because I'm telling you, and I've explained this. <laughs> I explained this to my son years ago because he was fascinated by the deck of many things. I said, you do understand that one of the thick cards, it's a 52-card deck. One of the cards in the deck of many things, you draw it and nothing happens except every cemetery within, I think it's 20 miles, yields up its dead and all those zombies are now coming to kill you. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of great cards. There's one where you just get imprisoned. Yep. Like you disappear and you're imprisoned somewhere. And you somewhere. Yeah. In, in your, everybody who loves you and cares about you has no idea where you've gone. But you are now imprisoned. For luck. Right. So this is just a standalone deck of cards that anybody could put in their game if they wanted to. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, a, it's a it's a uh a, it's a magic item basically in the game. It's it's a um like an artifact level. Like it's super duper powerful magic. Yes. Yeah. So, it, it, and 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 for well and shoot one of the cards is a wish. The most probably the most powerful yeah, thing. Yeah, you, can, you can draw the card that gets you like 1d4 wishes. Back in the day I think it was 1d4. Was it really? I wow. think so. I have um or you can draw the card where you you just die or you are yes. imprisoned forever or something like that. It's like yeah. If I'm playing a game of D&D and somebody just like, oh, I'll draw from it once, I'm not so worried about that person. But if somebody's like, well, I would like seven draws from the deck of many things, it's like, <laughs> remind me not to hang around with you when the zombies show up. This it's is in what the I'm real saying. world. Like when, 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 when we're invaded, <laughs> like I don't want to be anywhere near you. Yeah. So I, I put this in the same category. As I was, if I were staring at a pack of mystery seeds, that's what they were called, <laughs> illegally sent from China, do you plant them or burn them? <laughs> well, it depends. How, how good am I at climbing beanstalks? And do I, need, <laughs> do I need a goose that lays golden eggs? <laughs> I am currently sans golden egg laying geese. How about singing harps? <laughs> yeah. And and how good am I at dodging giants? Yes. Like if, if I've got the right skill set, maybe I plant the seed. <laughs> I I plant the seeds in the uh the black sheep neighbor's yard and kind of keep an eye on it. See what happens. <laughs> Just peer over the wall from time to time. Yep. Neighbor goes a- Let's see if Audrey too has eaten the Chihuahua. And neighbor climbs the beans. <laughs> neighbor climbs up the beanstalk. You watch disappears into the clouds. Like half an hour later, their body just comes plummeting to the earth. Because <laughs> you know that's the way that story really ended, right? <laughs> just just corpses coming out of the heavens. But it, but you know, I, and that was exactly my point. Is that what could these be? Will they be something amazing? I don't know. As I went so far as beanstalk, which is very cool. I planted the seed and now I'm in the void and I'm in prison forever. <laughs> See, <laughs> I was like, could that, would you, would you plant the seed? So, so Mike, would you plant? I, I realized, and I realized there's a work threshold here, i.e. planting seeds takes effort. <laughs> but, but um, would you, Mike, would you plant the mystery seeds? Um, No, probably not. Okay. Now, would that be because you are obeying the law and don't wish to it? plant an invasive species or because planting seeds takes work uh, the second reason 
Okay. Craig, what would you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. For all of the reasons. Do it, okay, I don't do have it. a I don't have a yard, so I'm gonna have to go plant this on somebody else's property or something. I'm gonna be like, I'm, they're gonna be like, hey, what are you doing? It's it's work. It's like gotta take time to do it properly. Gotta. I don't. I don't have the. T- I have a shovel. I don't even know if I have a shovel. I don't think I have a shovel. Um, also, mystery seeds from China don't need a beanstalk undermining the 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 foundation here. Um, you know, I, I don't know what. <laughs> crazy magic there isn't no <laughs> there's no i magic. just i loved the idea of mystery seeds i really did and i put it in there all right very good no i uh i i stared at my beloved um for some time and i went you would plant the mystery seed <laughs> and she said no they're there i said stop it i've seen you <laughs> i know you and we've been married a long time very happily so you would plant the mystery seeds so uh, I, I would not just because how much I hate planting things because I had to do it all through my childhood. Um, but okay. So out of the, uh, so I'm looking over at my son. Would you plant the mystery seeds? No. Okay. He would not plant the mystery seeds. I would not. All right. <laughs> most, most would not plant the mystery seeds. Just checking. So, so you and his lordship would not plant them. No, but my wife, she, we, I would come down to the table because she's got on our kitchen table a lot of the time, she's got her pre-planter, you know, the the thing where you, it's a little planter where you sort of get them going before you put them out in the yard. Okay. And she'll let them sprout there and then she'll put the sproutlings out. She's got some nice sunflowers going. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I expect one day I would see a little Audrey too, just sitting there greeting me for when <laughs> I was having my cornflakes in the morning. Jim, how old are you? 53 years old. Okay. Um, so the question ultimately is, do you want this in the newspaper? Jim Wazarski passed away suddenly at the age of 53 of mystery seed planting. <laughs> <laughs> he is survived by his wife, son, and mystery seeds. <laughs> <laughs> Which have now consumed three city blocks. All hail the mystery seeds. All <laughs> Hail, hail, the mystery seeds. Yeah. Do, you, do you really want that obituary? I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't. But I, I. And if you think, and if you're listening and you think it's funny and you're like, yeah, sure. Really? Do you really? And that's, and it's, it's right where you're at. It's like, you're thinking it conceptually. Let, as George Carlin once said, Roman Catholic doctrine is such that if you say, I'm going to go down to fourth and state and commit a mortal sin, save your cab fare. You did it. You succeeded. Congratulations. And it's the same thing here. You could plant the mystery seed and invite an invasive species into your neighborhood. Eh, go have a beer. Congratulations. And for all you know, that invasive species could be from another planet. <laughs> These are mystery seeds. We don't know what they're going to do. I've been watching The Expanse. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that stuff grows on people. I've seen it. <laughs> and it's really not pleasant. No, no, we're, you know, unfortunately, I don't think most of us are going to live to see it, but we're going to encounter life out there. I'm not saying sentient life. I don't know about that, but we're going to encounter life out there at some point. And yes, a lot of good sci-fi has addressed that question, um, but, but the reality of it hasn't hit us yet. We haven't encountered a living thing and how it reacts differently to us when we are where we are and they are where they are and all that stuff. So. 
It'll be spectacular when it does. Oh, it'll, it'll be, be neat. Sp- it'll be spectacular in one of two polar opposite ways. <laughs> it'll either like be the thing that say ca- cures cancer or turns our planet into a slag pile. Yeah, or ushers humanity to, into a, a platinum age of prosperity and peace or like, okay, well, now we've all got stuff growing out the wazoo. And not it's ah. <laughs> and it's controlling our minds. Oh God, you we're got slaves the green to this thing. You've got just... the... Well, shoot, wherever COVID nineteen came from, we're not dealing with that well. So. <laughs> Good Lord, yeah. Imagine this planet trying to deal with something extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, we have plenty and of that movies looks like something to we've... indicate that what's going to happen. Looks like something we've dealt with before. I refuse to wear my intergalactic force field protection unit. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry? But it's the you... only thing that will stop the space spores. Nope, I believe those spores. into your brain. They aren't real. <laughs> As he's being interviewed on the street and there's people with space spores being bored into their brain in the background. <laughs> no, Bill, those are those are crisis actors sent by the... <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough. <laughs> oh... Now I need a force field. <laughs> just in general, I think it would be useful. Oh, my goodness. Not even just for space spores. Yeah, but do you want it to map to your skin, or do you want it to give you a radius off your skin? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good, that would be a Kevin question. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I've, I've long felt I want it to map to my skin. That would be convenient. Yeah. But if it was like a bubble around you too, then you, then you, could, you wouldn't have to get a... Uh, a, uh, a force field suit for every person. You yeah, know, but the like, problem the problem with it, the bubble is yeah, let's they got to be it, they got to be right there if you're going to suddenly I'm, need it. I'm not the most gainly person on a good day. I'm knocking things over. Okay, sure. Well, saying. I mean, you change how you live when you got that. If you're if you're going to live life inside of your giant hamster ball, yeah. <laughs> your giant <laughs> hamster, your giant hamster force field, you know, you got to get a bigger apartment. <laughs> Well, and, and not to and not to continue the the conversation too far, but um, you know we're having an awful hard time conceptualizing six feet. You know where it actually has some social significance, importance, things like that. Yeah, I want and, the force field that lets me toggle back and forth between. Oh, there you go. Bubble and mapping like, to my skin, whoop, really big, and then you can go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Well, if, that, right. That, if we're talking crazy, wacky science, yeah. Fiction why? Why are we why limited are, to one or the we, other? That's a good point, Mike. Well done. Thank I'm you. so Except proud of you. The, the problem is, at our age, we're going to get the early version of it. <laughs> no, I'm not an early adopter at all. <laughs> You're going to. No, 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 there's going to be. There's going to. We're dead. There's going to be something. Something wrong with it. So to where yes. you to where you go from bubble to map to skin, it c- comes in too too tight and kills you. Thank well, you. The problem is you get the version that okay, it's going to put a you know three foot radius bubble around you, and you're standing a little too close to somebody when you activate it. Well, I'll just get you inside my force field. Whoop, and then they're split in half. Or right, their their like, their, oh. their head and their feet get cut off. <laughs> no, it's that scene in, in Iron Man Two where Hammer Technology, where where uh, Tony Stark brings up the video of Hammer Technology attempting to replicate the suit, and the guy goes, "All right, turn to the right," and it winds up twisting the guy in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's <laughs> it makes me think of like, I love uh the the Amazon series The Boys mm-hmm. for uh. Homelander, who is the the Superman analog yeah. in that show, who has heat vision, 
And, you know, whenever we see Superman, like he uses his heat vision and it's like it hits a thing and it heats it up or cuts it into cuts through it or whatever. It's like when Homelander uses his his laser beam eyes, it just goes through whatever's in front of it and everything beyond it. So like every time he uses it, it's like complete overkill. He uses it to stop a terrorist on a plane and just screws the front half of the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Like the whole cockpit is done. It's great. (laughs) <laughs> like and it's like and then that's it you know like just all hell breaks loose because he went it's like the laser in real genius yeah and the trees across exactly the quad that. except that with this guy it would like it would like literally go into the earth yeah i think the earth <laughs> is the only thing that stops the real genius laser anywho well i think it shoots off and it probably shoots off into space right because it right. just keeps going. Eventually, just gets, you know, if it goes it far looks, enough, it gets far enough away from the surface. Somewhere out there, there's a skyscraper that the top floor got hit. <laughs> miles and miles away. It'll, it'll attenuate over time. Yeah. Or the Earth will curve. Anyway, let's see. Any other news? Anything worth? Uh, we got, Jim's got a lot to talk about. Unless, Mike, unless you've got something. Okay. I, I got the most important one. Okay, good. Oh, let's see. Hey, Jim. Yeah. What's your what's your beef with Once Upon a Deadpool? <laughs> okay. Um, I like the Mar- I I have made the point repeatedly. I don't know if I've made it here that it is a constant source of distress to me that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in much better hands than the Tolkien universe. I I I rage quit um The Hobbit halfway through it, and I was like, why does the Marvel Universe get something better than this? These are graphic novels, comic books, for God's sake. Anyway. So I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I, you know, I've enjoyed all the movies, just some more than others. I think that's what everybody does. So along the way, I have a son. Uh, My son is currently 12. He is an excellent student, fine actor, all this other stuff we've already talked about. He was was teeny tiny when when Iron Man came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the, the arc of his young life has definitely been blanketed by the the story arc of the MCU. And I love that, you know, that's great. And he's gone, he's, I think, yeah, I think he's seen all of them. Uh, Except I don't think we've gotten around to uh, uh, Captain Marvel yet. Um, We watched Shazam, although I realize that's not in that, but Mm -hmm. anyway. um, so, So there we are watching it and along comes Deadpool. And I want to give the folks responsible for Deadpool all the credit in the world because Ryan Reynolds and the whole crew came out and said, look, this is a, yes, it is based on a comic book. It is based on an adult comic book. You should not, look in my eyes, take my, your children, you should not take your children to see it. (laughs) Don't do that. There can be R-rated and hard R-rated at that um, movies. That's fine. That's okay. Some can be R-rated. This isn't for you. And if you do take your children, don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> the movie. I will... say, you know, it'll still be around when your kids are seventeen. Yeah. Well, but the the, the front line point was: I know your children are going to cry. I know your children are going to want to go see silly Deadpool. And the other thing is, Disney, as Craig knows, one of my favorite institutions on the planet. Disney marketed Deadpool down to kids. Did they he really? He appears in Disney Infinite. 
yeah, their uh, their game on the various console platforms. Uh. He appears in all sorts of other wacky, fun sorts of places where he's just the wisecracking sort of quasi-anti-hero. Well, guess what? That appeals to young boys and girls. They like that, including my own son. <laughs> I watched Deadpool. I busted a gut multiple times. It's an immensely enjoyable film. I mean, immensely. But? I can't show it to my son and not have Child Protective Services calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. All of a sudden, uh, out comes Deadpool 2. Watched it. Almost as good. I was shocked. They brought it back. I was like, that's a really fun movie. These are the sorts of movies I want my comic book movies to be. Well done, MCU. Still can't take my son to see it. Then I hear they're going to release Once Upon a Deadpool. Yielding, bending, if you will, to the, the clamor of parents who are like, I can't, can you please? And what they do, and it's, and I assume I've not seen it. You're getting closer <laughs> to my rage. Nice. I've not seen it. Uh, it, it sets up a premise around which, and it's in the trailer, where Deadpool shows up in the bedroom of a now adult Fred Savage. Correct. And tells him, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. And Fred Savage is like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so they find another level of funny to and layer on fun, top. And I'm, I'm laughing at the trailer. I'm like, this is brilliant. My son loves Princess Bride. He got the joke. We are all locked in. And the big thing is, Once Upon a Deadpool is supposed to be, if not G-rated, I can take my son to see it. Now, related to this, we don't go to see many movies in the theaters. That's just not the way our lives work out. So we dutifully go on to Amazon Prime, which we have, Netflix, which we have, including the DVD. Yes, we're one of those people. <laughs> um, wow, that they still have that option yes yes oh my god yes you you want to see my ishtar um <laughs> you know you can get this is, is that near your wahoo <laughs> my <Or> wazoo <laughs> Ooh, i almost had to cut off my ishtar my wazoo was infected um <laughs> that oddly enough that happened in a news item last week <laughs> yes it did in fact <laughs> We so I go out there and I say, Great, you know what? And part of this was uh, Michelle, my wife, uh, has been on a furlough because, well, you know, she got a great job in the public entertainment business, which hasn't been doing so great lately. Uh oh. And so I said, Well, she finally gets called back. Wonderful. She's going back to work. She's excited. We're all happy. And um, so I said, You know what? a great father-son thing to do to sit down and watch some good old-fashioned saucy you know the, the the superhero with a bad attitude i like that merc with a mouth and um so i start looking for it amazon prime once upon a day not there okay let's face it amazon prime's movie selection isn't the greatest all right amazon let me buy this thing from you. I will give you my money and you will give me a video. Not available. 
Okay. Netflix? Nope. How about I buy a DVD? That's weird these days, I will grant. But this is father-son time we're talking about. No, I don't. I Who cares? I'll own one more DVD. Not available. Not, uh, DVD or Blu-ray? Take a look and see what they're offering. When I saw it last, after I sent, got into a fit of rage and typed <laughs> this topic request, what I last saw was it was in a two-pack with the regular version. And I wasn't altogether clear that it wasn't just the regular version. Yeah, it says Deadpool 2, Once Upon a Deadpool, Blu-ray, $28.31. Okay, first of all, the heck with that price. And secondly, I don't actually have a Blu-ray player, I he's don't not, think. He's not willing to pay out the wazoo. We'll see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, so, that, that was what my question was, was you don't have Blu-ray capability, because I'm looking at I the don't. Blu-ray right here. I don't. You know Why? Because everything else on the planet, I'd been able just to order. And this got me to thinking, have we, and and all my friends who are a little more curmudgeonly, and I don't quite think I go with them, but their attitude was, and some of these people, and and, um, Craig, you remember Mark Lepescu, our much beloved and remembered blacksmith at fair. His thing was laser disc. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I had those. the album sized things. You yeah, had to flip them in the middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He he was an incredibly skilled craftsman. And he built in the attic of his home a full-on movie theater with a popcorn machine where you had you could go up and get a thing of popcorn and a, a ticket booth and the whole bit. And he went in, but it was all powered by laser disc. <laughs> and he would and he used to rant about. You wait and see. They're going to deprive, they're going to manipulate the availability of these things, and you're going to want to come and see Star Trek, the motion picture. You're going to come looking for me. And did that happen? How'd that work out? That is not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) You you cannot swing a dead cat and not find copies of Star Trek, the motion sickness. The extended version with 22 extra minutes of V'ger. Um... But and that interminably of, long uh, approach scene where they first come up on the Enterprise because this is the first time it's on the big screen, so we're going to have the characters look at the Enterprise on the big screen for a long time. But when you go, I am now on Amazon right now, live broadcasting. <laughs> Once upon a Deadpool, PG thirteen, ready to go, locked and loaded. This video is currently unavailable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's available on Apple TV. Do I have, is that another subscription? I don't know. Mike, tell us. Well, that's iTunes. So you would, you would pay to. So I can buy re- this on iTunes? To rent is this or what buy you're it. telling me? Well, if that's what uh, uh, Craig says. Well, I hey. see the symbols has an apple and the word and the letters TV. I don't see the word iTunes anywhere. But if that's the symbol they use for iTunes now, then okay. Okay, what's going on here? What is going on in my world? I'm or getting you can, older. Or you can buy it from Fandango now. Is that another subscription? Or can I buy it directly? This is buying it. $14.99. High def. Fandango now. Is this going to get worse as I get older? Oh, absolutely. I really am not going to have the mental capacity for this as I age. 
No, no. It's here's the thing though. What's going to happen is you're going to not care anymore about like, well, I can't get that thing. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'll just watch something else because we just have so much like right now you're trying to craft something for your child. That's a different beast than what you personally are going to be willing to put up with once your child is, you know, old enough to watch rated R movies or is out of the house or whatever. Like in, in, in 10 years, <laughs> you're going to be like I am now, which is like, I'd like, oh, I'd like to watch that thing, but it's on this channel that I refuse to pay for. Okay, next, next thing. Do I have to pay for Fandango? I don't know what Fandango now is. You're asking the wrong person, but it says you can I'm, buy it for I'm on Fandango right now. Are you on Fandango now? I don't, that's the, I don't that's see, the says. I don't see it on, uh, on iTunes. They just have the regular versions one and two. But my okay, question think, to you, Jim, is if you, you guys are such big Marvel fans and you don't have Disney Plus? Because you could watch it on Disney Plus. Is it on Disney Plus? It was. I don't know. That's where I that's where I saw it. Um and that's like six ninety nine a month. You just get it for one month. That's your <laughs> cheapest option, probably. I may never speak to you again. Craig, Why? could you explain this to him for me, please? Um <laughs> Uh oh. Did I uh open a can of wazoo? Jim <laughs> has <laughs> made it clear that he does yes enjoy marvel movies and there are star wars movies that he enjoys and even um some other things that disney has done that he does enjoy but um deep deep within his core where his heart would be okay um there is a seething black void that has a label on it that says hatred of disney okay i'm i'm starting um, i'm starting to remember things that have been said in the past well, well, well done, Craig. That was very well said. Thank you. Yeah, no, never, never, ever, never. And I began to fear, and I, I started saying this, <laughs> inserting F words as I was continuing to look for this. Well, see, now it's not PG-13 anymore if you say Yeah, I was going to say, this is like is, Once Upon is, a Deadpool, which is, yeah, which is, is this, the tagline is the Deadpool fairy tale that gives zero f***s. <laughs> is that, yeah, yeah. That's, no, no. It, no, it gives zero F's. F's. I know, I see? just said it for shock value. See, see, yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I'm looking at this going, um, um, is this Disney messing with me in this, <laughs> in this incredible, look, they've already, <laughs> they already have, they, they, oh, I did shows at the Bristol Renaissance Fair for years dealing with the nonsense that Disney was putting out. Yeah, there were thinly veiled rants about Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Very I thinly. Yeah, I was going to say, I, it, it, I actually got, I actually got notes from management about could you ease off Disney, <laughs> just a little bit in case they want to buy us, <laughs> or, or you know, in case because the, the reason it was coming up was because I was getting, you know, there, there, there were people complaining because their kids love Disney, and they're like, who's this guy that hates Disney that you let get have a stage twice a day? Hey, a quick question: is is the son there? Is the boy there? My son is right here. Um, is there any way you can share the headset or the earbuds or whatever? All right, come on, come on. Can we here, talk? Boy. Can we talk to the boy? He he wants to. They want to ask you a question. Come on here. No, I want to ask you a boy. question, but I want him to hear it. He's talking to you now. Hello, boy. Hello. 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 Um, I understand. You know, like uh, your pops there looking for Once Upon a Deadpool, right. and uh, he has a, a 
a deep and abiding hatred of Disney. Yes, You're aware yes. of this. Um, so I'm going to ask him a question. I just want you to hear it because right. I'm an a-hole. Um, see how I, I you said that word instead of the actual word? Yes. Um, Jim, I know you, you hate Disney. Um, and you are loath to give them $6.99 to watch Once Upon a Deadpool on Disney+. Plus. But are you willing to do that because you love your son just one time? No. All right. I'll give the headset over to him now so we can hear this. Oh, boy. Oh, I thought you were both yeah, hearing no, that. Okay. Proceed. Yeah, he said, oh, boy. That's even better. <laughs> okay, so my, my question to you, Jim, is I know that you hate Disney. Um, and you are loath to give Disney Plus six ninety nine just Correct. to watch Dead uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. But are you yes. willing to do this one time because you love your son? <laughs> I am much happier, and I'm going to do this now that you have pointed this out to me. I'm going to give Fandango twice as much money. <laughs> <laughs> that is some commitment to Disney hating right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I won't do it. I will not do it. They again. They wrecked historical stories that I care about. Mm -hmm. They wrecked um, the concept of traveling to Europe. They wrecked Star Wars. Although that was really not doing very well before they bought it. Let's be clear. And now they apparently have kidnapped portions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, it's soon they'll, they'll, don't don't fool yourself. Soon they will have them all. The movies that are out there being licensed out to other streaming services, they're not there forever. Right. Eventually, they will all be on Disney Plus, and every Marvel movie will only ever be on Disney Plus. You think so? You think they oh, won't yeah. take advantage of, like, letting, like, for example, we caught uh, Ant Man, Ant Man and Wasp on Amazon Prime. You don't think they'll let them out there for a few bucks every now and again? Mm, well, I suppose maybe they'll do it, but they'll do it in the same way that they did the the special releases of the videotapes, like, you know, you haven't been able to buy this movie on videotape for, you know, 20 years. They're going to, yeah, they're going to pose you for it. They're going to like, just give you little bits and pieces. Cause this Mulan thing, this Mulan thing makes me wonder, is this officially their bridge too far? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we, you know, so anyway, so, I, so you, thank you, you, you've got th your problem solved. I, it is solved. Thank you. Fandango now. Thank you, Nerdburger, for pointing me at the Fandango now. <laughs> and Disney, from hell's heart, I spit at thee for hate's sake. <laughs> All right. How can we get back from that one? Um, how about the toys that made us? Okay, have you guys, I, I assume, I'm late. I admit, I am late. Have you guys watched? Watched a few episodes, yeah. I have not seen it. Really? I See, Mike, I actually thought you would really get into this. We, I, I'm obsessed with this series. We've talked this about is, it before, and I've meant to check it out, but I haven't gotten around to it. This is so, so good. Um, obviously, the one that everybody talks about is Star Wars. Yeah, and it's got know, the story of... It's got some interesting tidbits to the story. Right, like, it's got some like crazy... When, when the toys came out at Christmas, you didn't get the toys. You got a piece of cardboard with a picture of the toy. Because <laughs> the toys weren't done yet. But here's the thing. And, and they you, sold you that, hit, and, and kids ate it up. You have hit my number one note on this. Wait, well, one of my notes. One of my notes on this was, I lived this, yeah. okay? I wasn't some parent watching this from the outside. I was that kid. <laughs> and as a consequence, I had no idea. I remember hearing my friends say, oh, did you get your card? Yeah, man, it's so <laughs> freaking sweet. Sit there and look at your piece of cardboard. You got a piece of cardboard because the toys weren't done yet. And now we find out behind the curtain 
It was a bunch of schlubby old middle-aged guys hustling around with plasticine, trying desperately to keep up with this. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was a bunch of things. That that's the story of the Star Wars toys is great because it was like nobody wanted to take it. Nobody thought that right. like these would become anything. And so Kenner, boys don't, which was boys a, don't play with dolls. Kenner, which was a teeny regional toy manufacturer at the time, took the ch- took the chance and became a giant in toy manufacturing for a time. Because well, of- and it's that for the time part. That's my second point I wanted to get to. These guys. All of these companies, with the possible exception, I would say, of Hasbro, it is amazing the thread they all seem to be on. And I'm not just talking about the Star Wars toys with Kenner, where it's certainly true. I'm talking about He-Man. I'm talking about G.I. Joe. I'm talking about all these different companies. They seem to always be within an ace of falling apart. Yeah. I watched the Lego documentary, and I was surprised how many times Lego almost folded. Yes. And, and it just never seemed that way to me. It was amazing to see that it was basically made out of cardboard. That the entire <laughs> toy industry, again, He-Man and, um, and G.I. Joe and Star Wars and, like you say, Lego and all these other toys that we were so into as kids and were desperate to get more of were just, again, were nearly ready to fall apart at any given moment. It is, it is and, and then my third point Oh my God, these are all guys. All these guys that made toys, and I understand it may be different now, I don't know. But all these guys that made the toys that we craved, five years before, it seemed like they were all selling shoes. They were yeah. Al Bundy. Yeah, they were nobody. <laughs> they, were, they weren't like some masterful toy maker that no. like, had a master's degree in toy making. <laughs> no. They had, there were like idea people. They were like, like, like how did it go with... Um, like there were artists and sculptors that were involved in trying to make the look of things that they, that they contracted and got involved. And then there were, when they did like, um, when they did GI Joe, they had like people who had like some amount of his background in like writing or storytelling where they, because they had to craft like a, a personality and a backstory, right. Cause they were going to well, do that. He man was, was like that too. Yeah. Where they did the, like the little comics and they had to build this whole world that he man lived in. Because um, so they, yeah, they had storytellers and writers that you know, helped to make that happen. Because you can't just like be like, here's a toy of like a really powerful, strong dude, and here's his cat that he rides on into battle, and here's a skull-faced guy that he fights. No, you need like give them a, give the kid the kids can come up with a story, but give them a really cool story, and that will get them excited. No, it was and, it yeah, was and, it, and and like you said, it was like somebody who used to work at like the local lumber mill. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's Ernie. Well, it's those same guys from Abrams, Wisconsin in the bar. They're, you know, they, they're the guys with the, po- <laughs> with the skinny ties that's always loose, the white shirt, the pocket protector. And they're like, okay, what are we going to do for the kids today? Yeah. For, for all you know, one of those, one of those middle-aged dudes that was in that bar that day invented Micronauts. Right. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Like you 10 years later, don't. they invented Micronauts. Yeah. And it's and they went out to the creatives, and the my there's so many stories, and like you say, it's the little tidbits that make you go, "What?" Uh, the story about Battle Cat, <laughs> yeah, about you know them saying, "All right, well he's got to ride, he's got to have a mount." Well, they didn't have a horse that was in scale because He Man, as everybody points out in that thing, is wildly out of proportion to human size. So they said, "Well," and and the guy who sculpted Battle Cat 
came into the dude who was designing it went all we got is this stupid cat and i it was a tiger yeah and it was a tiger from from adventure gym my (laughs) minifig when i was a kid yeah some little other toy set it was it was it was adventure gym he was (laughs) the guy and it was a tiger from when he was in the forest fighting and they had this model left over that had never sold so he said well we got this let's paint it green and yellow yes (laughs) and he went and and he said uh, he was the guy who did it said i was hoping he would stop asking so i took this tiger and painted it green and yellow and the guy went that's great now what does it look like with a saddle on it And he says, oh, are you kidding me? So he went and found this princess saddle from some other set. He's like, okay, this is going to finally get him to knock it off. He puts this princess saddle on it. It's this ornate, weird purple saddle. Puts it on and hands it to him. And the guy goes, brilliant. What's his name? It's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So that story is amazing. But to me, the, the thing that was the overarching piece was these fights over who thought it up. Oh, yeah. The fight over G.I. Joe, people carried to their grave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ernie and Bob from. Uh, that, that's it. That and I think one of their names store. is Ernie, actually. Yeah, they, they, ooh, man. Yeah, there were some real grudges. Yeah, these guys, because it will shoot. One of the guys is dead. <laughs> At the hands of the other? <laughs> <laughs> No, he one of the guys serious circumstances who, who claims it, no, he died of I think being ninety because they all lived forever. Yeah, they lived next but, to each other, and the one planted some seeds in the other one's yard, <laughs> and overnight. Right. Well, maybe they just stayed young at heart. Yeah, by play. Yeah, because they don't strike me as that kind of guy. That's the other thing. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't envision any of them sitting there with their. G.I. <laughs> Joe is going pew, 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 pew. <laughs> right right it's, yeah none of it is from te- that that incredible scene in Talladega Nights where Ricky Bo- where, Rick, where Ricky Bobby is on the phone with his best friend going hey want to come to my house and play G.I. Joe's oh, I love G.I. Joe's wait I still hate you because <laughs> he stole his wife yeah remember <laughs> remember the year we missed the Richmond race because we was playing G.I. Joe's <laughs> So, but no, they hate it. There's a, they play a tape of the guy in a phone interview that he had with somebody or other saying, yeah, no, Joe claims credit for it. Or him it was me. I invented GI Joe. It's like, stop it. You know, just this, this incredibly angry, bitter thing. And they go through all the iterations of Joe. And it's the same thing with He-Man. It's the exact same thing with He-Man. Who came up with the idea? And the thing that they were really fighting about was who came up with the phrase He-Man to, to name him. And the guy who, ta- who I think, based on what I could see in the documentary, really does deserve the credit, he admits he got it. And it never clicked with me after all these years. He got it from the Charles Atlas ad. You know, the one where the bully kicks sand in the guy's face? Sure. And he said that you're going to become a He-Man. That's where he got it from. And it's just all these toys that when I was a kid, I took for granted as part of, surely they were coming from a magical place. But at a minimum, I thought they were thinking about it and knew what they were doing. And it is clear that especially after 
it isn't so much G.I. Joe. It's after Star Wars takes off and makes the money that it does. These guys, and largely guys, that's the other interesting piece. I haven't watched the Barbie one yet. I have to do that. But most of these, because I, I fear that that's all guys do. Probably, at least early on. Yeah, yeah. Might be. That, that, that all these guys, they're just chasing it. They're, they're, they're clearly <laughs> not masters of their own destiny. They are in these weird worlds. And then they talk about the money. He-Man, in its prime, in t- if you look at the whole arc, made a billion dollars. Wow. And, they, and there's this really cool animation they show of how year one, it was like five million. Then it was a hundred million. Then it was a quarter billion. And it kept going. And then it just stopped. And every one of these companies, uh, G.I. Joe, well, that's Hasbro, Kenner, um, I forget who owns E-Man. That might be Hasbro too. Every one of these companies went through massive retrenchment after that. They, they just never, none of them saw the collapse coming. Yeah. They just, all figured sales that their, their toy was going to go on forever. Whatever the 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 cartoon stopped and their their sales fell off, well, and all actually, of a sudden they've got you know, all these factories and all these hundreds of employees and right, and they and they showed they showed what was the it was the they showed do you remember the carrier that they did for GI Joe, the carrier, yeah, like to carry around all of your no the aircraft like, carrier oh no I don't. Oh, for G.I. Joe. Thing, okay. Uh, I still don't, but that makes more sense than he, man. <laughs> yeah. It is the, I, it is our, well, the show says it's probably the most lavish, elaborate toy ever designed in the modern era. I remember when a buddy of mine. Oh, wow. His. You looking at this thing? Holy crap. I want one now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still do. Don't play. 800 bucks on eBay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not going to get one for cheap. But even then, I think it retailed for 150 bucks. I'm not surprised. That thing is ludicrous. And the guys admit who designed it in this show, they say, we just figured we'd just try and keep going and figure out when they would stop us. Because as you well, as you probably know, G.I. Joe, they came up with absurd because all they had to do was slap some ridiculous pun or uh, 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 what do I want to say? Not assonance, um, alliteration onto a character and they, they just throw them into the package. There are hundreds of G.I. Joe characters and they wanted vehicles for them and they made those and and then they made this thing. Yeah, there it is. It actually retailed for one hundred seven ninety seven. God bless America and its weird pricing. Yeah, and the one on eBay that's eight hundred bucks is two hundred shipping. So it's a it's a cool grand. Yeah, it surprised <laughs> me in the very least. But this thing is gigantic. <laughs> you know, and I remember a buddy of mine got this thing, and you know, you know, we just sat around and stared at it. Wow. I don't, you know. This, this is what happened during this era of toys. And again, it's really striking to me because I do have, 
it is one of those moments where I'm a historian by training. I've actually done it professionally, proud of that. And I always pride myself on having perspective. And this was a moment watching the toys that made me or that made us that I realized, wow, I had no perspective. I didn't see what was happening. And it's only now that I can step back out of it and look back at this and go, holy cow, what was going on? And it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. No, the toys that made us. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's amazing. That aircraft carrier, seven feet long, three and a half feet wide. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it was only 110 bucks is kind of shocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but bear in mind, you it's can, 100, 110 you can, bucks in one you year. Could, you could play with that aircraft carrier with your friend. And still be socially distanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that big. <laughs> well, this, oh my goodness. This article God bless from... Wikipedia for taking stuff seriously. The USS flag is the <laughs> it is the G.I. Joe team's primary seagoing vessel. And is named for the team's original commanding officer, General Flag, who was slain in combat against Cobra. General slain Lawrence J. Flag. <laughs> oh, Guys, guys, watch. It was bundled with the Admiral Keelhaul figure. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, because whenever you bought a, yeah, you had, well, <laughs> the, the seven foot aircraft carrier isn't enough. I would like throw a cherry, a I'd like a cherry on top, Admiral Keelhaul. And he's like, uh, he's like, like, that's the, like, you want to complete your figure collection? <laughs> Well, oh yeah, that's true. You just know there's some guy out there in the world going, oh, I gotta get a general flag. But it only comes it only comes with the ship. Oh man. This article yeah, from so. 2018 says uh, it's uh, 260 bucks in today's dollars. There you go. So as a kid, that's that's a lot. But as an adult looking at this seven foot long aircraft carrier toy at 260 bucks right now, I'd buy it. <laughs> if I was into G.I. Joe. <laughs> And, and I wouldn't even record, think about it. I would just, I would just drop that, uh, drop the credit card down and 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 get it. How I pay for shipping to get it here faster. Just, just because it's that absurd, or because it's that cool? Because it's that both. If you're if you're paying two hundred dollars <laughs> for the thing, why not pay you know <laughs> extra for shipping? What a great name for for the admiral for the person in charge too, Keel Hall. Hey everybody, do you know what keel hauling yeah. is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and once again, though, Craig, this is this is the thing. Who is designing these toys? Yeah. 50-year-old white guys. They're designing it for little kids, and the little kids don't know what keel hauling is. But hey, little kids, hey, people who were little kids back then, these, were, these people were shoving toys down your throat where the guy's name was keel haul. And keel haul means basically being tied to a rope, dragged underneath the, the, the ship from one end to the other along the keel. Or across the keel, sometimes one side to the other, and you either drown, or you are scraped to death by barnacles on the side of the boat. Yeah, and you bleed out in the water. It is at best a horrifying punishment, and at worst, murder. Mm -hmm. Better off with General and, Waterboard. And that's and that's the dude that's in charge of the Joe Fleet. <laughs> General Waterboard. <laughs> Surely there was a general water board, right? <laughs> okay, and they've even got on the on the uh, Wikipedia page. I think he was a major. 
they've got waterboard. The, they've got the side graphic. <laughs> it's as if it's a real ship. Affiliation, G.I. <laughs> Joe. Launched, 1985. <laughs> General characteristics, Nimitz class aircraft carrier. Nimitz, Late. nice. Length, 1,092 feet. So they did it. They figured out the scale. Awesome. And it is apparently, ba- it is apparently based on the Nimitz. And now that I'm looking at a picture of the Nimitz, sure enough, it is. That so yeah, made out of plastic and it's seven feet long. See, see, Mike, you're doing it to me. That is uh, still long. <laughs> so Jim, you can have one. I can. And you don't have to pay Disney any money. I don't. I could just give it to some. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go to a toy show and somebody's gonna have it. Just okay. Here it. you go. Here you go. Um, toys for tots. <laughs> Come December. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come rolling in. Oh, leave that bad boy in there? <laughs> Just set it next to the box that has all the other toys in it. <laughs> Your box yeah. has more toy in it. <laughs> did, did, some, did someone just have a, 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 a an Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Eve? <laughs> Go buy the... Did you have... What, what, what was it? The... the... The, the, the prize goose in the window? There, that's the one it, that's it, as that's... big as me, sir? That's it. That's the one. Tosses him a coin. Buy that for me. <laughs> I gave a boy. And keep that tuppence for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's all these, all these. Oh, it oh, showed up in a Christmas wish book. <laughs> and there are these kids, these, you imagine being the model kid? Because I'm guessing I'm about this age that they're showing these kids. I'm a little older, a little older. They're showing these kids playing with it. You imagine being the kid that's getting paid a couple bucks to model this. You get to play with it, but then you have to give it back. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you've just been allowed to play with the greatest toy in the history of toys. Yeah. Take, well, I mean, if you get that, if your parents were to get that for you as a kid, and then you do something, you know, you, you break a rule or do something wrong, whatever, and they take it away from you for two weeks. That's, that's the equivalent of like getting your that's computer death. taken away from you now. Like, okay, that's no, death. no screen time for you for two weeks. <laughs> and this guy, okay, well, here, here's a guy after all of our own hearts. He has converted his USS flag into his living room coffee table. Of course he has. <laughs> wow. Spectacular. It's- that's that 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 guy right there star for you sir well done <laughs> and apparently according to the show again oh see this guy has pimped it out he's put running lights on his who says you can't recycle an aircraft carrier <laughs> this this dude has put uh, actual moving run lights on sure. the deck <laughs> but no and, and apparently to going to the cost issue uh, according to the toys that made us, it sold very well. Oh yeah, I'm sure. All right, we got to we got to swing, uh, got to shift the focus here. Oh, we do. Uh, to Sammy Peeps. Oh, Sam. Oh, I was gonna do something else, but I. This is a one quick hitter. I know we got to go anyway, but oh my God, Sam, Sam, Sam. Okay. Friday, 1st August, 1662. Who is Samuel Pepys? To remind everyone that doesn't know, he is a high official. This is a high government official in the off, uh, working for King Charles II upon his restoration. His dad, Charles I, is executed, returns to power after the death of Oliver Cromwell, 
and Charles II returns and Sam becomes a senior bureaucrat in the Royal Navy. Mm -hmm. He then leaves us over the course of a long stretch of his life, one of the most intimate diaries ever left to us and the first great diary. So we have been peeking into his diary and he does as many neat stories as he told us, he reminds us on Friday, 1st August, 1662, that Samuel Pepys is still Samuel Pepys. <laughs> All right, classic Sam for me. Here we go. Up my head aching. Doesn't say why. Yeah, I wonder. And to my office, where Cooper read me another lecture upon my model. Very pleasant. Now, this is a uh, model of a ship he's having built. Is it a carrier? It is. It is, <laughs> it is not a sweet, sweet he, he, he is uh, characterized as the one-eyed sailing master. He had known him in the Royal Charles and met him again, paying off the Royal James. Uh, so he is, he is quite a skilled builder of ships. But I do not think it was the USS flag. So to my business all the morning, which increases by people coming now to me to the office. At noon to the exchange. Um, and this is a... Uh, it's a center of conversation, sort of like the mercantile exchange, very much like the one in Chicago. We're meeting Mr. Creed and Mr. Moore, we three to a house hard by, which I was not pleased with, to dinner. And after dinner and some discourse ordinary by coach home, it raining hard. And so to the office all the afternoon till evening to my chamber, where God forgive me, I was sorry to hear that Sir William Penn's maid Betty was gone away yesterday. For I was in hopes to have a bout with her before she was gone, she being very pretty. I had also a mind to my own wench, but I dare not, for fear she would prove honest and refuse and then tell my wife. <laughs> I, I stayed up late, putting things in order for my going to Chatham tomorrow, and so in bed being in pain, there's that thing of his, with a little riding in a coach today from the exchange, which do trouble. Oh, geez, Sam. Jeez. <laughs> so, so he goes off and he, I, I know you can follow along so far as to say that he went off and he uh, had Cooper, Master Cooper, that's Richard Cooper, tell him about the model he was working on. He liked that. Bothers me a little bit that Cooper's not building barrels, but continue. Understood. <laughs> then he went to his business all morning, which, which well, it makes sense, though, that someone who might have a history as a Cooper would get into woodworking. I suppose which increases by people coming. So he's noticing the work is picking up as he's rising in the world. At noon, he goes to the exchange where he meets with, with Mr. Creed and Mr. Moore. Now, before we get to the really fun part of this piece, let's talk about Creed. John Creed is Samuel Pepys' number one enemy. Oh, nice. All right, wow. here we go. He is the principal rival. You, you, you may remember we've spoken of Pepys Lord, that's Lord Sandwich, Montague. By 1659, a couple of years before this, he's established in Montague's house as a secretary and goes with Montague on a famous Baltic ship. But after that, Pepys start to have the advantage. Moore is just a lawyer. We don't know much about him. He's Henry Moore but he is Sandwich's man of business. So this, he's this lawyer, not up the wazoo. No, no, no. Just This just, is Henry Moore. This is, this is Lord Sandwich's guy. He's, sure. th this is, he's got a guy. He's got and a guy for that. Yeah. <laughs> he is Saul. He, is, he comes off as Saul 
to sandwich. <laughs> so, so Creed and Moore, I don't know what his attitude, I have no idea what Peep's attitude towards Moore is. I know what his attitude towards Creed is. This is not a meal he wants to go to. And we he's we not, three he, to he, a house and hard he's not, by. Right, and he's not terribly com uh, complimentary of anything. He, he glosses over it all very quickly because clearly he's like, I don't want to even talk about this guy. Right, so at, so at noon, he goes to the exchange. I wonder with whether it was a chance encounter or whether he was intending to meet them there. Ugh, either way it sucks that guy Be creeds oh exactly worst <laughs> exactly and i'm sure it's oh john hello samuel hello, hello. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, should we all go to dinner no uh, of course we should <laughs> sure you know and they go to dinner with some discourse ordinary <laughs> so yeah. he just hates this, the whole this thing this guy's just boring the pants off of me well and because by the way we'll yeah. You can't okay. talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. How much I hate you. <laughs> right. Or you or any secret things you're working on, because this is your number one rival. Yeah. This is your Lex Luthor. Right. So it's like you're just hating this guy and this more character. So it's all you, you know what this is like. It's a dinner conversation where you can't talk about anything fun or anything mm -hmm. you want to talk about. Like most work dinners exactly <laughs> like we're so, just going to talk about work oh. don't misbehave don't say anything out of line don't say anything and you're thinking and you got to think about everything you're saying because you know darn well that john creed if you say anything is going to go running back to sandwich and tattle on you <laughs> that you know, douchebag well. so he's got to then take this discourse ordinary by coach home it raining hard and so at the office all afternoon so then he's got to go all day back to work and it's raining so it's lousy and then god and then he says where god forgive me so we know something good is coming because sam feels bad about it i was sorry to hear that sir william penn's maid betty was gone away yesterday now first of all this is william penn the father of the guy who founds pennsylvania okay so so that's who Sam's rumpling with. He was mad that Betty was gone, for I was in hopes to have a bout with her before she had gone. Was mm -hmm. he going to box her? Were they going to get in the <laughs> ring with gloves? Have a boxing bout? <laughs> Marcus the Queensbury rules? Like old-style English boxing with their dukes up? <laughs> dukes up? Nothing below the waist, please. Everything below, below the, the waist. waist. <laughs> oh, it wasn't boxing? No, no. It wasn't, wasn't that kind of a bout. No, no. And that's the other thing. It's like, Sam, Sam, you really, you called it a bout? Really? <laughs> Nothing. Just you're going to, you're going to give her. You're just going to give her. And then she finishes. She being very pretty. Because he's Sam. And, and he's sitting there going, oh, so he comes home. He comes back to his home. He's in his home and he's sitting there going, Oh, Betty's gone. I was going to do her. And now I'm all worked up. <laughs> Where's my man? And then what does he do? He's all fizzy. <laughs> I had also a mind to my own wench. This is Damn. Jane. This is that Jane. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the bosoms Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From way back six years, six years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh and he's afraid. Why? Why is he afraid? Why? So, like I say, he's fizzy. So, what does he do? He thinks, oh, I could do Jane. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, I dare not for she- fear she would prove honest and refuse and then tell my wife. So he's not sure that Jane would be got, up after, for it. Right. And if she t- says no, she'll tell the missus. Yeah, that's that's a question you don't just broach like <laughs> without giving got to put some research time in. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> to test the waters. It, it, right, you got to <laughs> It's it is a it just is a wonder to me that this guy and let's be fair to Sam for a minute. He opens his heart to the pages of his diary in a way that nobody expected that nobody does. And we see a guy going through what a lot of guys go through. It's like ah oh, Man, just I could have, I could have. But this other bit about at least he's honest enough to write it down and tell himself, I was gonna, but I, and why doesn't he do it? Why doesn't he sleep with his maid? Because it's the wrong thing to do? No, of course not. (laughs) Because if he, if he, if he asks her and she doesn't want to and she tells the wife, then he's gonna complicate his own life some more. Son of, and we already know that he's not on the best of footing with the wife. Right. Their relationship is not rock solid. No. <laughs> no. So instead of all that, he stays up late, putting his things in order, and so to bed, being in pain. And we know what that is. <laughs> That's that stone he's got. Yeah. So, uh, which do trouble me. So, Sam. Sam is, you know, we, 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 he talks about all kinds of things, they're wonderful. We enjoy them, but never doubt that Samuel Pepys is Samuel Pepys. So he hasn't had that, that, uh, is it a kidney stone or a bladder stone or whatever? Kidney stone. Yeah. It's a kidney passes. stone. Right. But he hasn't had it removed yet at this point. Not in 1662. No, he's, pre, he's pre-surgery at this point. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, oh yeah. That's, that's, that thing's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Should have gone on a roller coaster. Could have shook that loose, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's. Oh, uh, Sam. It, what? How? Wait a minute. There, there is a some. I'm I'm reading some notes on this. Apparently, Kenneth Branagh has voiced a part of the diary as Samuel Pepys. <laughs> oh man, we get Kenneth Branagh reading this stuff. On the oh, show, we wouldn't need you anymore. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. I'm kidding, please. I'm kidding. No. Can... Are you kidding? If you can get Bran, I'll get Branna. But uh, uh, and apparently, one of Mr. Cooper, at least one of Mr. Cooper's models, is at the uh, National Maritime Museum at Greenwich. There you go. So, uh, so yeah. List, it's, listeners it's, overseas, there in the uh, in the UK, in the UK, you go see one of Cooper's boats models and realize that. Uh, might have been one that Samuel himself looked at and found delightful. No, the one that Sam found delightful, he had made into his own coffee table. That's a, you right? think it was seven feet long? Yeah. <laughs> now, now think least. about, think, keep this in mind. Like not too long ago, Sam was on a boat, was on a boat, and while he was on a boat, they all fired cannons next to the orphanage. Darn! Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Now, yes. We're, we're, we, now the orphanage is. That we, we invented that, but like, yeah, he and his drunk buddies got on a boat and fired cannons for like an hour. I think, I think it also bears mention for fun. I was gonna say, Samuel set that up as a good time to impress a superior. Yeah, well, he's, he's doing like, that all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're gonna rig up, we're gonna give you a good time. 
we're gonna have a great meal get loaded and fire cannon you think he got tax write-offs for that I, I, <laughs> <laughs> entertainment mr peeps your 40 pounds of shot are not deductible even if they were for my lord of sandwiches enjoyment but it's right here on my schedule c <laughs> i filled it out i have receipts <laughs> I, I, wouldn't done, I wouldn't have done that if I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I would have done it for my own enjoyment. I just would have had a bout with the maid. We could have gone for just, we could have just gone for a nice horsey ride. <laughs> now, what am I going to do with, now, what am I going to do with this other 80 pounds of shot? Because <laughs> I had to buy a bulk order to yeah. get a good price. <laughs> right, right. I was, I was looking to save a little cash. Things are near with all the plastering going on at my house. <laughs> Those drunk plasters just won't get done. I've been working on it for two years. Oh, Sam, you never, ever. I, I, when I was looking for, like I say, when I was looking for stuff, I was going, Sam, Sam, I love you. I love you. And there are some commentators that I'm just glancing at here that are saying, Hey, 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 fellas, fellas, before we all jump up and judge Sam and mock Sam, not saying we all have done it or every guy does it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he's not the only human being in the history of ever to have thought those thoughts. Okay. He just happens to be the first guy to have written them down. Very honestly. Yeah. You know, surprisingly. Plenty of, plenty of people keeping diaries over the years would not write that stuff nope. down. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Even as diarying has, as writing, being a diarist has become more popular. Yeah. Plenty of people are like, yeah, I'm not, uh, 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 I don't know who's going to read this. Yeah, right. You know, or maybe I'll get tired of it and forget about it. And suddenly, hey, honey, what's this? Nothing. Honey, I was cleaning your closet and I thought, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. I told you not to go in there. <laughs> and uh, there's 17 young women that I want to talk to you about. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So explain having a bout with me, would you? Please? <laughs> okay, anyway, Jim, thank you for joining us on the show today. Yes, it's thank been you. wonderful to have a bout with both of you. Oh, oh. whoa. <laughs> Is that what we were doing? No. <laughs> no, sure. Okay. I was wondering no, why was I was sweating. <laughs> Mike. Craig. Where can they find us? They can find us at NerdBurgerShow.com, at NerdBurgerShow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, NerdBurgerShow at gmail.com. And you can go to nerdburgergames.com to uh, learn about the game stuff I'm working on and go to drivethroughrpg.com to buy some of those games. <laughs> on the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig paint Jim green and yellow and release him as Battle Jim, Destroyer of Disney. <laughs> That's your whole backstory, Battle Jim. I demand a saddle. Purple one. Well, you're going to get it, Santa. You're going to get a pretty pink one. And we want cosplay photos of your son riding you in the battle. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can wear his Naruto costume. Or yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Jim, real quick. Yeah. English muffins, toasted or untoasted? Toasted. Have you ever had them untoasted? Yes. And? I, I, I answered the question. Toasted. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I didn't much care for them. Okay. Just wondering. Yeah, no, actually, it's interesting you say that because 
Um, one of the one of my favorite things about going to Europe is that I love the way they handle breakfast, which is basically some charcuterie and some eggs and and some muffins and bread, and that's typically the way they do it. And my wife will tell you that uh, I I'm always the guy. It's just an instinct, and I know better. I'm standing over over the thing, getting ready to make my little sandwich with my English muffin, and I'm looking for the damn toaster. And she's like, "You're not getting one here. <laughs> they don't have toasters." No, not not well. Certainly, they do in England. They don't in Germany. So they they eat English muffins untoasted in Germany. Correct. Good to know. Nazis. Yeah. It's actually, actually, the thing they like the best though is croissants because they were oh, invented sure. in Vienna. The croissant. I, I I enjoy an English muffin uh, toasted. Yes, and um, I. Uh, um, but the croissant is the superior pastry. Yes. No, the uh, place we stayed in Regensburg last August. I want to go to Europe. Um, the place we stayed in Regensburg, they had fresh, warm croissants every morning. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, you know, everybody else was like, let's go out and have our day and experience Germany. We're like, yeah, we're good here. Thanks. So you're saying in Germany, they have croissants coming out of the wazoo. <laughs> coming out the wazoo. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that like Bring corn? It back around. <laughs> cool. All right. We got to go. You guys take care, please. Thank you. You too. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Grand Wazoo. That sounds like the... That actually was a Frank Zappa album. I sure, but, but the Grand Wazoo Yeah, that's what does... we were listening to. Right. It, oh, does, okay. it does sound like uh, like the, the name of the leader of a small town like business oh sure yeah, 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 yeah. thing like you know, the grand poobah <laughs> the grand wazoo uh, loyal, all right the loyal order of water buffalo he's got Ernie a furry Shonstein fez on. is our is our rotarian of the year vera windsor is our lions club member of the year and of course seamus mcdonald is the grand wazoo <laughs> <laughs> We should have saved that for the episode. Oh well. We'll put it we'll put it on the end. There you go. Yeah. Or we can just men- we can make the joke in the middle of it too. Like I can't do it twice. Come on now. Yeah. It won't be as fresh the second time. Yeah. Jim will find a way to make it fresh. He'll surprise us <laughs> and make us laugh at the surprise. People will think we're laughing at what he's saying, but we're laughing at the way he twisted it. Yeah. That's so meta. <laughs> and it's also the shit we did at the fair all the time. Yeah, I was going to say that's only 14 years of garbage like that. <laughs>